Boulaitia, nicely done. Still Boulaitia! Salernitana shock Napoli. Seven minutes to play and the title celebrations have been curtailed. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Serie A Spotlight. This is season two, episode 36. We're your hosts, Matt and Jake. Back together after one month of me being in Australia. Watch out, watch out, watch out! His name is John C. You think you could get rid of me? Luke Mintoff, the Radio Kunich of this fucking podcast, I'm here to stay. And I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving, bitches. Yes, after listening back to the episodes that were taking place without me, wasn't worried at all that Mintoff might get us cancelled, but Jake insists that he must stay, so... And stay I shall. And stay he shall. And you have no choice in the matter. <laughs> Zero. Vetoed out of nowhere. Completely. Basically, Mintoff is going to be filling in for Jake today because Jake went all the way to Crete for an open bar essentially but he's back now and he's super hungover so he's just laying low while Mintoff is filling in for him yes but I'll be in the background you will be in the background yes as I'll usual no you're in my shadow the entire of course bro entire I mean, podcast. Look, at, look at your face look at your hair the moustache the, the tattoos the style bro mm, and then Jake in his, in his shorts and yeah. his baggy top that's it bro just don't, don't, give, don't give Jake shit Jake has the face for radio it's a really good face That's, for radio. The face for radio means you're ugly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so this is why I shouldn't be on today. I'm slow. Every, I had like 13 brain cells left and I think I fucking killed them all. <laughs> so you're just on the one? I'm on the one left. Okay. It's, it's, it's. <laughs> They're pulling faces at each other. Guys. They are. There we are. I mean. Yeah, where's your brain cell? Have I ever had any? <laughs> you so. can't see that. You can't see that indeed. So, um, shall we crack on to what happened this week, my friend? Yes, I mean, the main theme of this week is essentially Napoli bottling it just for one week. We won't be saying that for much longer because they'll probably win the league by by next week. But actually, the goal that denied them um, winning the league this weekend was Dia. The Yeah, that's our goal of the week. Some worthy mentions went to Duvan Zapata, who got his first goal since February. It was a, a stunning strike it's by him. Last February. Since last it has been five months since he scored a goal. This is his um, second goal in Serie A. Holy smokes. This, this season. Um, there was Zappa Costa at the near post. There was Gorsens' volley. There was Castrovilli's volley. Um, there was Cambiaghi against Sassuolo, who dribbled the entire team. Verdi's volley. There was Berardi as well. Oh, Berardi. This goal. A bunch of great goals, but I think Dia. I think so as well. I think Diaz takes takes the cake. Yeah, it was it was just it was just such a it was just such a good solo effort. Like mm. no one had a clue he was gonna do that, oh. especially from the position he got the ball from, yeah. which was like down the right flank. And you're like, okay, he's he can cross the ball, he can he can dribble a man, maybe try to get a penalty. No, I'm gonna <laughs> dribble a fucking player, I'm gonna chop in, and then I'm gonna curl a fucking shot into the top corner mm. against arguably one of the best goalkeepers in the league mm. this season. Mm. And that, no, with that, with that being said, if we're talking about precision and an inch perfect strike, that very devolved way he bounced Beautiful. it, looped over the keeper, Beautiful. and exactly into the top corner over the two defenders were jumping up to try head it, it away it but it was just out of reach for them that yeah. was a perfect goal all, Verdi's all, all, these all the volleys this week if you, if, if you notice they were they, they were the players 
taking the volleys had such composure. They were, mm. You could see them really laying themselves mm. up, really timing. It's like, you know, when you have that, that sniper waiting for the brilliant shot. Exactly. And they just all took it with such mm. great approach. Oh, and Gossens is volleyed the way he flew in the air and to get that. Injured. Yeah, and then he got it. He got, poor guy. He can't catch a braid. He can't Gossens. catch a braid as fucking mm. glass cannon. There are, there are like, there's one match day a season where there are a bunch of volleys last season. Or was it this And a bunch of draws as well. We had a, uh, well, yeah, there are a lot of one-one draws. There well, was a match day. This there was a match day this season where all the goals were just incredible. We had we had a, an episode care for a volley. I don't know if that was uh, season one or season um, two. Two, I think season two. two yes, because it's up there with our downloads. And season two is doing better than season one. Yeah. There you go, guys. Keep listening. No, I wonder why it's doing better. Yeah. <laughs> <I wonder> why. <laughs> It was the the you and Santi episode to get things going. I think, I think. I think it did. I think it did. Mm. It's it's it, it it laid the foundation. Exactly. There's gonna be a messy one. It Our is. betting segment did not exist. Um, unfortunately, this week, guys, we totally totally forgot about it. I was jet lagged, so I was sleeping for an entire day. Jake was going to Crete, so real breakdown of communication over there and it didn't happen but it's I mean, fine because we saved ourselves losing five euro I was gonna say I mean you should be happy you didn't lose this yeah I mean, I mean uh, we, we money, take in, money in the bank money in the bank money in the bank we break even fuck nice. it nice you can go buy us a bottle of wine yeah good yeah. you see so silver lining in life yeah exactly let me go through the main happenings of, of uh, match day 32 before we get into the individual match day. So the way we're going to start things off is Roma 1, Milan 1. That was a direct encounter for fourth spot. Both teams entering equal and leaving equal. Inter 3, Lazio 1. Another mm. battle for top four. It seems like whenever these two teams play, the score is 3-1 and it can go either way. <laughs> Bologna 1, Juve 1, could have been 2 for Juve, but Milik, oof, we'll, we'll, we'll get into what Milik did in this, in this match day. Uh, Napoli 1, Salernitana 1, Diaz goal, spoiling the party for Napoli. Torino 1, Atalanta 2, a late strike there for Atalanta, getting them the victory. Fiorentina put 1, past Sampdoria, and then they put 4. Like, all at the same time. It was just a competition of who's going to score more. Who's going to score their first goal for, 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 for Fiorentina? Exactly. Dodo got one. Dodo got one. Got one. Yeah. It was a... Duncan yeah. got one. Duncan got one. Wow. Wow. Everyone just... just. Yeah, everyone decided, like, you know what? Time to impress Taliano. Exactly. Spezia nil, Monza two. Spezia without Enzola are a Serie B team, essentially. <laughs> Sassuolo two, Empoli one. A great goal by Cambiaghi in this match, but terrible defending by Sassuolo. Lecce one, Udinese nil. A massive leap for Lecce away from the relegation zone. And Cremonese one, Verona one. Like, guys, like, one of you get three points at some point. It'll really, really help you. But Verona are now um, level on points with Spezia, which, make thi- which makes, makes things, things very interesting. Super interesting. Not only because um, not only because it's either drawn points with Spezia, but there is Empoli also with 32 points, which are mm. far from safe. Yeah. They're yeah. far from safe. Absolutely. And Lecce are also looming around that area as well. I think they also have 32 points. I could be wrong about Lecce are on 31 there because we go. of that So win. 32, 31, yeah. 27. It, 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 it goes up to 14th place because Salernitana then are on 34. So but but there's, there are, there's a big difference between the level of Salernitana yeah. and then the ones below them, which is Empoli, exactly. Spezia, Lecce and so on. Actually, um, Salernitana are unbeaten in six matches. They in, have five in, in draws. In nine matches, my friend. What? In nine matches, my brother. That's friend. mental. That's yeah, it's mental. their best record ever. 
anyway, I was, it was, you, you ruined my first point about Serenitana, but you can, you can just cross it out. <laughs> I, I fucked it up entirely as well. I did. Totally so next time, shut your bitch mouth. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, it's going to start. Sorry to all the bitches that are listening. I hope oh. I didn't say offense to that. Yeah, Minto, why are you looking at me like I said something It's bad. your fault. Listen, I am the uncontrolled one. You are the uncontrolled one. So when you one. say something bad, mm. it matters way more. I guess, I guess. I, but I, I apologized, so... You did? Yeah, I did. Good. I said sorry to all the bitches that are listening. <laughs> and then you could see Jake grimacing as, as though exactly. he got fouled in a football five-a-side <laughs> in the last minute. And he had to make some theatres to get a penalty. Mm. Now listen to all you beautiful ladies out there. <laughs> With four <laughs> are, there, are there any lady listeners that we have like three percent? Oh, I mean, it's better yeah. than zero. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome, ladies. Welcome. You may have noticed this week that every ball that hit the back of the net was collected by the referee, stored away, and replaced. I was like, this is getting repetitive, and this is getting weird. Why is this happening? Basically, this is an initiative with a third party called Socios that allows fans to place bids on scoring balls. Each ball is authenticated and validated on blockchain, giving proof of the ball's origin and ownership, making sure so that they're the reality. So NFTs in Syria. Essentially, you can... You you can own a scoring ball in Serie A. What has the world come to? I mean, that's cool, man. I, I think it's, I, a bit lame. I cool. think it's extremely lame, in my opinion. You guys. But that's my opinion. You guys. Imagine owning the ball that, for example, um, Giroud scored in the derby. Yes, or but, owning the ball that, that but Kessie that should, scored that the penalty against it Atalanta. Be happening. Why? Shouldn't that, because it's just weird, man. It's a ball. Sure, it's a ball. It's but a it, ball, bro. It, but look how look how we monetize everything in life, bro. I that's mean, it. yes, yeah. It's weird. It, to it. me, it to me is the limit, and these things are always. Football is already a massive business. It's it only to take the ball away, put it in a fucking chamber, lock it up. You What's know, what's hurting anyone? Sell I get ten k, and then make. I don't know, man. I, I get your point, but it it, it gives Serie A heads who have money the opportunity sure. to own something. Sure. I mean, this is done with shirts now. Yeah, and and it, it's not hurting anyone. I mean, it's no, it's it's a ball it's a ball so yeah go socios if you want to advertise on our platform we can discuss rates nice so shall we get into the the matches we shall i'll yeah. start off with roma one milan one okay so boring you have match let's go oh <laughs> well kind of it's true i mean don't you dare tell me that was a fun game to watch i mean from 90 plus it was it was yeah, excellent from no from plus. the 90th yes, minute definitely that's I the agree. part that i missed because we were surrounded by mountains <laughs> there you go. we're on a bus there you go yeah. there we go so the previous encounter was milan 2 roma 2 so Absolute stalemates all round, which means that if these two teams do end up level at the end of the season, they're going to need to look at goal difference because they're they're absolutely tied on aggregate. Yes. Um, a direct battle for fourth spot with both teams coming into this match with 56 points with Milan in fourth and Roma in fifth. Naturally, there was also Inter against Lazio, which is also a pivotal fixture for top four. For Roma, there was Chris Smalling out injured, um, Karsdorp out injured and Wijnaldum out injured and the Bala was only fit for the bench with his sprained ankle. Boo-hoo. The Rossoneri missed Alessandro Florenzi once again, Pobega, Zlatan once again, but Calabria returned from suspension and Giroud recovered from a knock. For Roma, it was their 3-4-1-2 formation with Patricio on goal and their backline of Ibanez, Kumbulla and Mancini, Spinazzola out on the left, Celic out on the right and a midfield two of Matic and Cristante with Pellegrini just ahead of them and Tammy and Bellotti starting up front. 
For Milan, it was their 4-2-3-1 formation, although I do, I am of the opinion that this is a 4-3-3. Uh, Manjan in goal and the backline of Calabria, Kier, Tomori and Theo. Uh, midfield two of Krunic and Tonali with Ben Asser just ahead of them. Um, Brahim Diaz started out on the right, Rafael Leaut on the left and Giroud up front. The reason I say I think this is a 4-3-3 is because Ben Asser does a lot of defending. He sits behind um, the midfield most of the time, so I really do think this is a 4-3-3. Um, but yeah, the hosts were already short on defenders, as you heard by Smalling being out injured, and actually lost Kumbulla after 15 minutes due to a bruised knee caused by an accidental coming together with Giroud. So Cristante had to drop back into the back three, and Bova came on and joined Matic in midfield. There was a huge chance for Roma on 34 minutes as Spinazzola pulled back from the byline for Lorenzo Pellegrini to score from six yards, but it was accidentally charged down by teammate Tammy Abraham. I initially thought it was a Manian save. I had people over and I was screaming, he's the best in the world. He's the best in the world. And then the replay showed that, you know, Tammy Abraham kept the ball out. So Tammy Abraham is the best in the world. He's the best in the world or the worst in the world. I mean... Just after half-time, Tomori went off injured with a bruised thigh after a collision with Tammy in the first half, but Milan fans will breathe a sigh of relief after finding out that it is no more serious than that. He will only miss the Cremonese match, but that is due to an accumulation of yellow cards. Shouts for a red card on Roger Ibanez shortly after, who butchered Salamakers with a studs-up challenge, but he received a yellow card instead. Now, I wasn't too comfortable giving my opinion on this because the camera angles were a little bit weak. You could see that the studs are showing, but you can't see just how high up on the leg um, that was and how malicious it was. So I'm not going to complain too much about that. However, I did see my, my Twitter page flood up with shouts for a red card. But then again, I do follow a bunch of Milan guys, so I won't take their, their word as literature. In the 59th minute, it was a routine attack by Milan as a long ball by Tonali was headed by Giroud into the part of Leao, who took the ball to the byline and crossed it to Salamakers, but his half volley skimmed the crossbar. That was probably the biggest chance of the match before the 90th minute. And then, 93rd minute... The Ketelare lost the ball at the halfway line. Shelik carried the ball forward and found Tammy Abraham, who finished into the bottom corner. Absolute scenes, as it seemed like Roma had won it at the death, giving them top four and a three-point advantage over Milan. Oh, no, no, no. Three minutes later, Leao receives the ball out wide after a defensive header by Mancini, and he provided an inch-perfect in-swinging cross to the far post for Salamakers to this time convert on the half-volley with the ball creeping underneath Rui Patricio, making the game 1-1. So, you said this was a boring game. It was very nervy and yes. very cagey. Very Roma game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that that's essentially the, the the whole tale of the tape. It was a classic Roma approach. They allowed Milan a lot of the ball and they looked to counter. Milan moved the ball around well, but struggled to get that final pass. I think game management was, was on Roma's side in this game, to be honest with you. I think that they, they had a better game plan going in. Mm. And I think they executed it better than Milan did. Because um, I say that because I think Milan always liked to... They always like to boss the game mm. in the way that they want to play. They mm. never like playing how the opponent wants them to play. Mm. And of course, Mourinho said, keep the ball, take it, mm. but you're not going to do shit with it. And mm. that really worked. Yeah. And um, I still think that this is a better result for Roma than it is for Milan. Because of the fact that um, 
Milan have harder games to come. And I, of course, yes, Roma also have Europa League, but, you know, I don't think their priority, I think priority is still the league over mm. the Europa League for them. Mm. They want to win it for sure. I mean, mm. they, they'll, they'll go in winning, wanting to win. But Champions League against Inter, there's no way Stop Milan. Her. There's no way Milan say mm, we'll prioritize the league. Actually, mm. you can't lose to Inter. It's, it's funny because because they're both in a very delicate position where they're they're on the cusp of doing something very special in Europe. Yes, but then uh, as a result of that, and as a result of of the the tight fixtures that they have, unlike the Lazio's and the Atalantas, it's affecting their performance in the league, and that puts them in a situation now, especially after Juve were handed their yes. 15 points back, where they're like, shit, okay. Okay, so we might get to the final and lose in the Champions League and we might lose out on, on top four over here. So it's a really delicate situation that they're both in, man. I still think it's more delicate for Milan than it is for Roma purely because I believe that... I'm going to repeat my point as such. I think I still feel like Roma will prioritize the league mm. when it comes to it. Because mm. at, the, at the end of the day, it's going to bring them more money. Yeah. And um, of course, Mourinho is a winner. And if you see... I, I say that because sometimes Milan are have been a bit have been a bit weird. Like you, they have absolutely absolutely stellar performances against Napoli, for example, mm, mm. in all the games they played against them. And then because of that intense effort, the next game in the league, you can really see it's a different Milan. Team. Yeah, like against Lecce, it was like it was shocking. Mm. Um, and uh, against Roma, it wasn't shocking, but you know they lacked a killer instinct. Ah, but but it it that um, Milan playing Roma and Milan playing Napoli, and this was a, a point I made to a friend of mine recently, is the two most polar opposites. Yes. Um, in in, in matches Milan can have because against Napoli. Milan, Roma, Napoli, in the sense that yes. you can have the ball. Yes. We're gonna pile men back, and then we're gonna Come. Rafa Leao, and we're gonna Teo Hernandez you, and then yes. we're gonna we're gonna and get we're gonna you on score. the counter. Yeah, and then against Roma, Milan are like, okay. Now we're on the ball a lot. So it's like we're playing Lecce, for example, where we have a lot of the ball. They're piling men back, but then on the counter, way more effective than exactly. Lecce. Exactly. So, aha, it, 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 it's a totally different situation for Milan. Milan did seem a lot more disappointed than Roma they at did. the final whistle, they despite did. getting a winner in the 96-97. So there I was Man. like, okay, Milan expected a victory here. I think so. They are not, I, I really think, I, I, I'm pretty sure they believe they could win. Mm. Um, you know, I feel like they, they probably feel like they have the better players. They, mm. Overall, they probably have the better form, arguably, but I really think that Roma... Even though they don't play the best football, their form in the way they want to play football is probably the best yeah. in the league. Yeah. Now I'm gonna now don't mistake in that for having the best team or playing the best football or having the second mm. best team. But the way they want yeah, to play football is exactly the way Mourinho wants to play. Exactly. Football. There's a point I made to Jake recently when he asked me who are the second best team in the league. I said Roma because of the system that they have in place when when it comes to. When they need to get points, they are so capable of getting they those are. points. They're, but, they're, but they're they a tight, up, tight though. unit. They do slip up. Then they had that one game, which is super important for them, the Atalanta, where mm -hmm, exactly. they just miss out. Exactly. You know? Or sometimes that game plan just doesn't work. Yeah. Against a physical team. Mm. Atalanta are kind of a physical team. They're not the most physical in the league, but they have physical uh -huh. players. But they have Gasperini as their manager, they so a, they're quite... They have, yeah. a they have a savage there, exactly. exactly. So so against those, against those teams, you need to have something else. Yeah. And I don't think... Roma are the best team to adapt yet. Mm. Well, the, the, my my point of them being top two 
no one's been perfect except for Napoli pretty true, much. True, so true. You, you compare them to Juve, you compare them to Lazio and, and at that point you're going to go, okay, who's had the least fuck-ups out of, Lazio, out of right, these? Lazio, La- Lazio are great. Lazio are great. Have been great. They have been great, But uh, yes. there's, a good, there's a couple uh, of good points to speak about when mm, we get into it, mm. but... Uh, but yeah, yes, yes, I agree with you all for overall. You mentioned that this was a boring game. Uh, fun it, fact for, for is, the, the only two shots on target this match came at stoppage time and they were the two goals. So. Go. <laughs> but against Roma, that's, that's what tends to happen, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, um, no disrespect to, to Milan there. It's mm. just the way Roma like to play football. Yeah, this and, and with the. To um, carry on on the point that we made about Roma's system and how yeah. Milan adapted, yeah. um, Giroud was pretty much helpless up against Mancini, Vanez and Cristante, um, whilst Brahim seemed invisible, leaving Milan once again reliant on Leao. Leao had a great game, he was, he he was on he fire. He was given a lot of space as well. Yeah, he was. So, so I mean, he, he, he was given the space to have a good game, but he also stood up. Because yeah. there have been times Leao just decides that he's just, he's just not going to play today. Yeah, yeah. So so, it, so he he did step up. You're mm-hmm. right. And he, he did have it, over game. the past few games. There was uh, before been, before the first Napoli game. Sorry, before the league game against Napoli, where Milan um, won four yeah. nil. It was reported that Leao put himself in retiro. So going to bed early, waking up, only training, only training, only training. Oh, shit, no okay. rapping or any of this fucking bullshit that that, that he does sometimes and. It shows, man, when the guy puts in the work, he's one of the best players in the world. There's no doubt about it. And he's been really, really good. And he made Celik's life absolute hell. Um, Did you hear about um, the criticism Pioli got? People essentially blaming him for uh, the Ketelare losing the ball. So apparently, so the Ketelare went on and he wasn't really defending. He was um, uh, lurking around. And Pioli's like, fucking wake up, Charles, wake up. And Charles got carried away. He went, collected the ball, lost it. Roma took the ball forward and scored. So oh my lord! Everyone's saying like, "Be careful, purely." <laughs> like, oh my lord! Yeah, he's I mean, so bad. Decade alarm. Yeah? Sorry, he's so bad. Yeah, I mean, he he hasn't had a great time, has he, this season? I love I love how you and Jake. Can't admit that he's just been no, straight no, up he, bad. He, his his performances have been bad, but I I still you cannot still say. I, yeah, I can't say he's a bad player. We like um, Massar and Maldini I have this system I where if know. they're gonna spend money, he, the player has to be special. All I'm gonna say is that Brahim, Benasser, and Leao all looked bad when they started. Bravo. No way did they look. And we had this we had this point last week. There's no way you can compare the first season of all those players to the first season of De Ketelar. To- Tonali had a terrible first season, bro. Not that bad. Tonali couldn't put bad. a pass together. He couldn't compare. pass the ball, Tonali. But this guy has done ja- this guy has literally The done guy much. came in, people were calling him Pirlo and he couldn't make two passes yeah. in a game, Tonali. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, I the, the, too early to jump. exactly in in time in time. I, I think he'll get there, but he has had a terrible season. There's there's no doubt about it. Thirty five million, he comes in and he's third choice in his position. Yeah, it, it's not it's not good. No. Um, just one more point before sure. we move on. Sure. Sixty four thousand Roma fans in attendance, right? Holy shit! At the at the Olimpico, singing Roma, Roma, Roma in the beginning. Yet the Curva Sud's chants echoed. Through the, through the stadium for the entire match, even after Roma scored that 93rd minute goal. Do you think Milan have the best fans in Italy? They, they definitely do. Nice. I, 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 I hate to admit it, but they definitely mm, do. They're, they're they have the best relentless. support and they're relentless and they just don't give up. Yeah. They do not give up. 
And I mean, that is, it is admirable. Mm. You cannot say you cannot say otherwise. Yeah, I, I thought you were going to make the point and I was ready to argue you um, that, that you were going to say no Napoli. And, and Napoli have savages, but sometimes, <laughs> but sometimes they don't, they don't always, they don't always have, they, 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 you know, they, they're a bit like, they're a bit like, um, I was going to say city, but um, they're actually a little bit like, uh, like United in the sense Fucking that they, 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 they celebrate, they're happy when it's going well. And then when it's not going well, exactly. it's super exactly. quiet. A bit like Tottenham as well. In uh, like these, these, they'll be going, they'll be fucking celebrating and being cheerful. Mm. And then as soon as it goes wrong, the stadium Second, is silent. The, the game against Salernitana, that just happened. Sure, sure. And the, um, the game against Milan, second leg, they were the, the best support I've heard in the Champions League for 45 minutes. And then Leao scored Silence Until the 92nd minute Where Osimhen got his goal And then they were crazy again It's like You're there to support your team You're not there for a party Kind of thing But I think, I think, I think they get nervous I, I think They're not used to winning They're not they? used to winning Genuinely They're not like, used to having a, a team which can win mm. And I think And I think that it, Maybe that's something We're not giving them The benefit of the doubt yet. Uh, um, So I, I, I think they, they get back Into this mentality Oh we're gonna bottle it Oh we're gonna fuck up uh, Oh we're gonna lose again Oh we're gonna come second again mm. Oh, you know, like this With all their witchcraft the, shit, and like. the Cavani's <laughs> and the fucking Higuains who almost mm. got them their wins, but they never managed to to, to get mm. through into the end. Betsy Hamsik, so you know, Insignia, and I feel like I feel like they're really nervous. Yeah, they, they just I want to get so. over the line. I think so. They just want to get over the line, and then they can finally. Mm. Have this new era exactly of 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 Napoli, Napoli dominant football. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I mean, good good for them. Yes. I'm I'm very very happy for Napoli, but it's just the, the the way some of the fans have been sure sure carrying themselves. And this this is a this isn't a generalization. I'm saying a select group of their fan base haven't exactly been the classiest or the humblest no. in victory. Hence why savages. Yeah, and um, <laughs> but but yeah, but they they deserve to party. It's been a long time. They do yes. deserve to party, yes. and they've been excellent. They've barely put a foot wrong. Get your cocks out. Me. <laughs> Milan are in fifth place on 57 points, level with Inter and Roma, who sit in sixth. I see. I see where this is leading to. And yes, this is leading sir. to Inter versus Lazio with a score of 3 to 1. And coming into this game week or well, match day, we have Inter coming in with three wins, one draw, and one loss. When we compare it with Lazio, coming with four wins and a loss, the head to head between these two teams is pretty even. Inter winning four, Lazio winning four, and them both drawing two games. As for notable differences in the starting lineup, there were not too many. Lazio fielded basically their starting 11. Um, on the other side, Inter made a couple of modifications. We saw D'Ambrosio coming in for De Vrij, and we see Correa up front with Lukaku, as opposed to Martinez up front instead. Uh, otherwise, it's still a pretty standard formation yeah. for Inter as well. Of course, you'd expect that from both from both teams because they definitely needed a win in this game. I think again, a draw would not have been happy for for either team here. Mm. Um, and a <clears throat> couple of points to mention before we get on to the the game itself is that what I've noticed, at least ever since Inter lost to Monza, 
things have dra- drastically changed they've the derailed they like. um, you know wh- wh- when when they when they hit that they, when they hit that car crash with Mosta 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 uh, with that would Mo- be devastating <laughs> with Monza uh, you could feel like you know Inzaghi's gonna get sacked the team is down in the dumps they're gonna get they're gonna get knocked out of the mm. Champions League somehow even though they had a pretty good cushion 2-0 yeah. two, 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 to Benfica it's and then, stuff and then they beat Benfica then they come in and then Lukaku has that epic performance against Empire and then the, you know and slowly slowly then they beat Juve in the, in, in the, in the Coppa slowly slowly you could see this resurgency back in Inter's yeah. team and I feel like these three wins after each other have been such a catalyst for this team so much so that I would say Milan got the worst draw possible to face in the semi-finals oh my because God, Inter in my opinion could be a pain in your ass because they've beaten you a couple of times this season. Not only that, but Lukaku, I feel like the fact that he's woken up finally and started to play football mm. and started to play for his team and it feels like everyone's understanding him as well. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. the team has sort of... Two assists again in two this assists, match. Two assists, two goals in the game before. Something's changed. Uh-huh. Something has drastically yeah. changed in this team. Now, it could just be... Comment this curse. Next next game we see them play. It could be Lukaku misses four goals mm. and all this shit happens again. But I would like to argue that it's a bit different. And I and I feel like I feel like this could really be a pain in the ass mm. for Milan coming up in the Champions League. Absolutely. Um, the way I would describe this is, however, and, and contrary to your point, um, Inter are a hemorrhoid, whilst Real and City are colon cancer. <laughs> like that that's that's the that's the difference between them. They're a pain in the ass, sure, but Real Madrid and Manchester City and then are on a and I think another level to most Serie A teams at, at the moment. I, I, I you know what I, I still argue I still argue that again. You know why? Because I feel like Milan are winners mm. that you can't argue against that. And they would face a win in Real. But mm. Real aren't having the best year this year. They're playing well. They're playing good. They're the not Champions good. League is there. Sure, it's, it's their thing. You yeah. know, they're always they're always there. But so it's it's Milan's thing as well. City have never won it. Yeah. they've never gotten further than the semi-finals. So you have to keep that in mind. Mm. Of course, we've seen City play absolutely destructive Phenomenal football this football. year. But uh-huh. you never know in the semi-final. You never bloody know. Mm. And Milan. You can see that they're street smart. Jake mentioned it last week. So that, that's why I really believe, especially since Inter have, have gotten the edge over Milan a couple of times this season, and it's always a feisty affair. Mm. Lukaku coming back. Martin, uh, Martinez has, has woken up and he's no longer, he's playing mm. a little bit less greedily. I feel like it's going to be a very, very enjoyable match on the 13th. Oh, it's going to be fireworks. And but I, it's going to be fantastic. And I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, same here. I man. can't wait same to watch here. it. Um, and one final point. And that's not the final point actually, but there are a couple more. I feel like this is a theory. There's no, there's almost no facts behind this one, but I'll still say it. Mm-hmm. I feel like Inzaghi has worked a little bit on his man management. I feel like in his post-match press conference and and pre-match, he's been mentioning players a bit more. He's been talking about them a bit more. I've I feel like he's that. given them attention. Yeah. I feel like there's 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 been this thing missing, which Jake alluded to in the last few few episodes. And I feel like this is something he's worked on. Mm. And, and I I feel like the team is a little bit more coherent. There's no more moaning to each other anymore. There used to be a lot of Except moaning. Barella. Well, Barella is just a baby, in my opinion. <laughs> if, I, if, if he was my friend, I'd punch him in the face. No, I. I... <laughs> 
But then again, he's the best player. So yeah. I mean, he's maybe he's, 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 maybe he's gonna be like, he's just a, he's just a little bitch in my opinion. Yeah, like, no, he, no, he must have a small ass cock. <laughs> I'm sure about that. I think he's got a I'm small a, ass dick, dude. He does give kind of small dick energy. I really, I really see. But anyway, but I do agree with your point about. Inzaghi, I think either he's working on his man management or just since they they proceeded so much in the Champions League, the element of togetherness kind of seems to be getting yes, stronger in this inter team. Definitely, there is. Yeah, and 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 they're managing to come back as well. You know, sometimes when Inter conceded, it's it, it's game over. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, they yeah, they yeah, concede yeah. against the Monza, they concede against mm. a whatever, a, a Lecce and so on, or small teams which they had a bad run. You know, yeah. a couple of couple of game weeks ago, that's it, it's game over, and they're not going to get out of that. Exactly. Even though they've they nothing's working and shooting. Kind of thing. Now, yeah. I feel like there's this, there's this, it's just very, it's hard to pin down, but there's an aura behind this team. Yeah, right belief. Now. belief. There's a lot of belief. And I feel like these, these wins, these little wins they've gotten in, in the UCL and, and the Coppa have really changed things. I think by so. The hell. I think um, so. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, and one thing mentioned, one thing last to mention, and this is going to be very important for this game as well. It's going to, it's going to be a point I would like to discuss. Um, is a statistic I have here. Okay. Inter have considered the fewest high turnovers to their opponents in Serie A this season with 157. Whereas Lazio have considered 294. Oh my God. More than any other team in the league and by 20 of those. Interesting. So um, it really shows the careful approach of Inzaghi and the risky approach of Sarri there. Yeah. Um, it just shows the two teams which are faced up against each other. And with that being said, we can go up and show you the two teams which faced off and the starting lineups. We have Inter with their 3-5-2, their classic Onana and goal, D'Ambrosio Achebe and Bastoni at the back we have DeMarco Mkhitaryan Brozovic Barella and Darmian in midfield Korean Lukaku finalizing the attack whereas we have Immobile Zakani and Felipe Anderson up front we have Luis Alberto Cataldi and Milinkovic Savic in midfield Marizic Casale Romagnoli and Haisal in defense Provedel in goal um, <clears throat> to kick off the game itself we have a relatively quiet first half. One thing to po- to point out was a a VAR decision, um, which wasn't which wasn't given to Inter. It was basically a, a goal which Mkhitaryan had tapped in, but uh, he was sl- Korea was slightly offside when the attack began, and the VAR decision gave the ga- the, the goal as offside. We then see the first goal of the game, one zero in the thirtieth minute. Achebe receives the ball from Anana. He gets dispossessed by Immobile and Felipe Anderson, who then pass the ball to Luis Alberto in the middle of the in the middle of Inter's box. Who then? Who he then finds an unmarked Philip Anderson, who scores a cool finish. Um, uh, really good pressing by by Lazio there. Really well executed. One zero there. One uh, one came very very late into the game in the seventy eighth minute. We see Gozens win the win the ball high up the pitch. It's he plays a quick ball to Lukaku, who holds off the ball really well. He manages to then find a great pass to Martinez, who makes a run into the box. He's one on one. Has still a lot of pressure by defenders behind him and scores brilliantly. One, one yeah. for Inter there. 
Um, <clears throat> five minutes later, 1-2, one, well 2-1, excuse me, Lukaku receives the ball on the edge of the Lazio box. He then plays a swooping cross all the way to the back post to find an unmarked Gorsens who slots the ball home, but also gets injured in the process. Uh, and then 3-1, 89th minutes, basically five goal, five minutes per, per goal for Inter here. Yeah. You could really see how, how that goal had changed, this, changed the team. Uh, Vecino tries, Vecino tries to place the ball back to Provodel. Uh, it's a weak pass. Martinez, Martinez steals it on the break. He's 1v1 against Provodel. And with some luck with the rebound, he scores into an empty net. 3 yeah. 1, the game ended. Uh, I think the best team won in that, in that, in that yeah. game. Uh, apart from two chances and one which led to a goal, Lazio didn't have much going for them in this game. And you could see that their risky, their risky play really didn't pay off because uh, I feel like Inter managed to suffocate them for the most part. Yeah. And the only reason that they scored <laughs> It really and truly was pure to purely down to Acerbi having a bit of a howler yeah. of a game. Yeah. I think that emotions got the better of him um, playing against his old club. So um, other than that, you can't you can't really say Lazio deserved it. No, Lazio didn't do enough at all in this game. I think, like you said, it was a stroke of luck that they scored in the first place. They had another chance because Acerbi lost the ball in defense again, and they almost capitalized slipped, over yeah. there. But the, the pressure that Inter put on Lazio in this game was unbelievable. Their high press, they, they, didn't, they didn't stop. And this goes um, very well with your point that, that there's a certain element of belief. They conceded the goal, but they stayed on Lazio and they knew what they had to do. They didn't have the, the, the defeatism, which they've had, they've had a couple of games ago. And, um, and, uh, and yeah, one point to mention before we crack on to the next game. Lazio have two losses in a row now. Yeah. Uh, two losses where they've... Where they've Arguably, arguably, have been really poor. Probably their most poor performances this season to mm. date, mm. Uh, in my opinion, at least. Absolutely. Now, the theory could be either teams are learning to adapt against Lazio. Finally, they, mm. they're finding ways to crack open this really tight, uh, tight shell of theirs, um, or it's simply down to um, down to the game. That Inter mm. had a really good game, but I, I'd like to believe that this. This counter-attacking football and this very high press against Lazio, basically suffocating them where it hurts, which is it's their midfield. Mm -hmm. It's their midfield. It's those those three playmakers, those supporting players. Uh, if you cut them, if you cut them off there, they've got nothing. Yeah, you, you, Zakani, Philippe Anderson, and, and Immobile are not going to. They're not going to do Leao esque, um, mm. you know, things. They're not going to dribble mm. half the team and score. They need those passes from yeah, yeah, from, yeah. From, from, from the the midfielders or, mm -hmm. or, or or defense before they can they can really get get into the rhythm. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So um, I really feel like this containment football that teams have. Torino did the exact same thing. Yeah, by literally, the way. literally, the literally. containment football, and then striking when it matters. It really seems to be working. Mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. It's, right it's now. the the argument of quantity versus quality. Exactly. I guess at the end of the day, people are really picking and choosing their attacks. They understand. Look, Lazio are, are the probably defensively with the exception of Milan and Napoli, they're one of the best teams. They, they conceded some of the fewest goals that there were in yes. this league. One of the best ways you can penetrate those teams is catching them on the break. Yes. Always, always catching them on the break. And with a lot of bodies. Exactly. And, and, and that high press when you need it. Oh, and yeah. you see Inter when they counter and when Bro, they're on their group, they yeah. move the ball around. When we were watching them live against Sassuolo, sure, there, sure. there, there were the... Remember when, 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 when DeMarco, Zerko, and I don't know who the last player, I think it was Hakan. Mm. They all came on. Vidal. Dude, Vidal. Vidal. Dude, it was 
you could insane. see like it's it, you could see the difference. I, I was shocked. Like you mm-hmm. could you could feel they're gonna score. Yeah. Then then the fans are there pumping them up. Very good supporters. And yeah. then it's just it, it just it, it's it was it was literally like a swarm mm-hmm. which you can't which you can't run away yeah. from. Yeah. Like locusts coming forward. Exactly. Right? <laughs> I it's think it's sc- not only it's in, scary, man. I think it's not only that Inter were very good in this game, which they were. I think Lazio are a very streaky team in the sense mm-hmm. that their their positive streak went on a while longer. Yes. This season, um, the the main difference I see in Lazio this season to last season is contrary to what this game showed us is they've shown up against the top seven. They have against the top seven. They've been spectacular. They won most of them, mm-hmm. um, but their inconsistencies remain and they've been allocated elsewhere, yes. so to say. So yes. dropping points against Torino, so Getting on so forth. Out of the of the um, Conference League super sure. early on. So so yeah, um, mm-hmm. I'm super alone because you'd expect a team like Lazio to go to the final. Exactly, that's what I mean. Exactly, no, the, it's not like they got knocked out on the group stages, but still. Anywho, uh, to wrap up this game week, we have Lazio sitting in second with 61 points, Inter climbing up to fourth, draw with Milan and Roma on 57 points. The next game we're going to be covering is Bologna 1, Juve 1. The previous encounter between these two teams was a victory for Juve with the score of 3-0. Back then, Bologna were doing terrible things and now things have changed under under Motta. Oh, they sure have. The Bianconeri were feeling the pressure after crashing out of the Coppa Italia semi-final midweek and losing three Serie A matches on the bounce. Di Maria and Moiskin didn't make the trip with Dusan Vlahovic only fit for the bench due to an ankle injury. The hosts then missed Marco Arnautovic, Roberto Soriano and Nicola Sansone. For Bologna, it was their classic 4-3-3 formation with Skorupski in goal and the backline of Kyriakopoulos, Lukumi, Sao Mauro and Posh. A midfield three of Dominguez, Schouten and Moro with Ferguson on the left, Orsolini on the right and Musa Barrow up front. Juve also started off in a 4-3-3 formation with Szczesny in goal and the backline of Quadrado, Gatti, Danilo and Sandro playing as a left back this time. Fagioli, Locatelli and Rabiot formed the midfield three with Chiesa, Milik and Kostic forming the front three. So in the eighth minute, the referee decided against awarding a penalty to Bologna after Danilo brought down Orsolini in the area. However, a VAR check changed his mind and the Italian stepped up to send Szczesny the wrong way to make it 1-0 to Bologna very early on, putting the pressure on Juve. In the 26th minute and then Juve got close, but Skorupski pulled off a sensational double save on Fagioli to keep his side ahead, getting down well to deny his first strike and extending his leg beautifully for the second. Best keeper in the league. Second best keeper in the league. Two minutes later, Lukumi's foul on Milik was deemed a free kick by the referee with his boot planted on the line of the box following the challenge. After a review, however, the referee changed his mind once again and correctly awarded a penalty to Juve. Milik stepped up to take his first ever Serie A penalty and totally, (laughs) totally fucked this whole Jorginho Esca attempt. He hopped way too early, like he had to step twice after he hopped. Obviously, because of those little strides, he couldn't get enough power behind the shot. He hit it quite centrally and Skorupski caught it like he dropped down to the ground. And he caught it, so it was embarrassing stuff for Milik over there. Totally <laughs> fucked Juve's chances of, you know, getting the equaliser before the break. However, and then in the 60th minute, in all fairness to the Polish man, he redeemed himself with a lethal snapshot inside the area after some great work by substitute Illing Jr., who is... Illing Jr. is fire to mm. bring on in a game. When yes. you're losing a game or, or when you need a point, just fucking bring on Illing Jr. down yeah. the left. 
Moments later, Bologna had an opportunity to take the lead after Orsolini pulled off a bicycle kick cross shot to Zergze, but Szczesny did excellently to fingertip the cross shot out of reach for the Dutchman. My God, Mentoff. Bologna had another opportunity through Abisher after Gatti fumbled the ball in the box, but his attempt skimmed wide. I, I <laughs> Thank God for you, huh? Fui. Juve's player of the season. Indeed. In the 85th minute, Skorupski was grounded after dealing with a cross and the ball fell to Sule, who had an empty post but completely mishit it and sent the ball high and wide and that was the last opportunity of the game and it was Bologna 1, Juve 1 at the end. Mm-hmm. So, once... Juve conceded the first goal. This is this is what I really want to discuss over here because the game went the way it went. Yeah. Bologna are good. Um, uh, they're obviously going to bring the pressure against a team like Juve. The stadium was absolutely sold out. Fantastic scenes, Motta system. They're always going to bring the firepower in this game. It's just the way that Juve handled themselves and carried themselves after the first goal was conceded after just eight minutes. So... Allegri seemed to shift the 4-3-3 formation to a 3-5-2 after they conceded the first goal. He moved Chiesa up front alongside Milik. Um, Now the 4-3-3 formation is the formation which gives you the the most flair when you have Chiesa on one side, um, uh, you have Kostic on the other side, you have Milik up front and then basically you have the three midfielders who are all quite attacking in Locatelli, Rabiot and Fagioli, Mm -hmm. especially Rabiot and Fagioli. Mm Now, it was strange to see him change to a more defensive approach when a goal was needed. And a couple of Juve players, that well, an, an anonymous source within the Juve camp came out and said that the players are physically and mentally exhausted with the constant change of system that Allegri keeps carrying out. Changing player formation, sorry, changing player positions, adapting new formations, etc., etc. Do you think that that perhaps is a constant pain for you, Van. Do you think that that's what I mean, lost let, them the let, game? Let, yeah. let, let, let's be honest. If if you know if if something's constantly changing in your environment, you're not. It's going to be frustrating. Exactly. Because because you know you you never you never you never gain that co- consistency, and you need as a player. I I think it's probably one of the one of the most important it is consistent you need to yeah. you need to grind those games grind those wins grind those losses grind whatever it needs to be that has to be yeah. grinded and you have to get through it you know you can't just flip flop through you know flip flopping never works in the long term no. because then you you're, you're always you're never going to have that thing to fall back on exactly um no and i mean Sure, they conceded in the first five in the first ten minutes. But, but you have you have to change the formation after ten minutes. There's there's absolutely no need for. I that mean, okay, if you see after thirty minutes there hasn't been one decent opportunity, I'd be like, okay, I, mm. things have to change. Then yeah. I might change the formation if if there mm. has been no glimmer of hope. It's been ten minutes, you know, exactly ten minutes against a Bologna side which are really underrated exactly. this year in the sense that you don't want to play them at this rate mm. uh, at away. You know, it's like it, there's a lot of things to consider. Ah, it was a penalty as was well. A penalty. Like, it's there's, like, it's there's really like, no like need. Outplayed you, yeah. He, he hit the panic button too early, in my he opinion. He definitely did, and, and it, it was against. It was with, with with a player who, in my opinion, is the flop of the season. Quadra has just been awful or mm. close to awful. Mm. So I mean, like, 
I really feel like I, you've you've put you've put it brilliantly. Mm. It, the panic button was pressed yeah. way too quickly. And and you said you made a good point about the consistency and um, how things are always changing. Mm. Aside from the situation that they have with Allegri, that apparently um, Di Maria, Chiesa, and Vlaovic in particular, they want him out. They're not happy with Allegri because of this inconsistency. Um, there's also the inconsistency of this whole the political league, man, thing going, going around it's, Juve. It's crazy. So I have the utmost of sympathy towards the players and the fans of Juve. Sucks, eh, it's not fair on them. Now there are the last four games. They lost three of them and they just drew to Bologna now. They got knocked out of the semi-finals of the Coppa Italia which was their real chance for silver. They have Sevilla against the Europa League. Sevilla who just knocked out United. Exactly. And so it's like, uh, you know, things are, you mm-hmm. know, there was this, this resurgency, me and Jake spoke about this resurgency when Nuva came back and they, they got those points. But mm. those points have seemed to be almost a detriment to them. Ah, ah. You know, you'd expect the opposite. You'd be like, oh my God, this is going to leapfrog us to the end of the yeah. league and we're going to come second or something. Yeah. Oh my God, the way they're playing, it's been awful. They, they really aren't playing good football. Um, and then you compare them and then to the team that they faced off against. So Thiago Motta in particular, <laughs> wow, I team. want to this, I want to talk the, about. This team. The, the, the coach that Jake thinks is the worst in the league. Yeah, yeah the, the, the guy, Jake Jake's least oh, favorite team. Can, 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 can least we do a compilation team. of how many times Jake has shot on Motta? Oh, especially so last year. So many. He becomes such a Milan elitist when you name the when you name the word Thiago Motta. Jake's least favorite team in the past ten years in Serie A. Is Thiago Motta Spets. I think he Jake absolutely bro, he despised. Them. I think he would have I was gonna say something awful, but I, I, for the first time on this podcast, I'll actually hold back. But yes, he was hating on that club so Motta, and, that, and that manager Motta has completely transformed the side that was struggling and even flirting with relegation I know it yeah. was too early but that's where they yeah, were so was a swallow to point exactly so, so yeah now much like Allegri mm-hmm. he tried out so many different systems but to find the right but one but you're a new manager to find to do that. the right he Four. found he found yes. the right one and he fucking ran with it and, and the, the, the right one player as well the right one isn't to adapt to the system that Motta played with Spezia and the system that he played with PSG's minors and, and all of that. He found the system that brings the best out of all his players and he took that and he ran with it. And you see, I can't point my finger at one of the Bologna players and say, this guy is being played out of position. This guy isn't playing good football. It's like they all know what they have to do and they're all there to do that. The only exception I can make is... Kyriakopoulos sometimes plays on the left wing and sometimes he plays as a left back, but he's he's used that's to that. He, that's, he's, this is exactly. the same as a player. Ex- exactly. And, and, and I think he's he's just a very offensive. Mm. He's just a very offensive left back. And I mean, exactly. I, I know you, it works. And he's been very good in Bologna. Absolutely, Come absolutely. On. I mean, like, listen, this guy was barely playing football at Sassuolo. Mm. He went to Bologna. They were like, he might be a sub, and he's mm. a fucking starter now. Exactly, exactly. So it goes to show. And this is, bro, them playing without. Um, Arnautovic without well, Arnautovic I mean, up front I mean, me and Jake spoke about this quite a few times and um, there is better without him they do seem that yeah, I'm not, better I'm without, not like, like, no 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 I, I told this to Jake I mean of course Arnautovic was winning them games mm. but it was all up to him exactly it was all exactly. up to him yeah. otherwise they're nothing exactly they're way less reliant on him now of course because they had mm. to deal with they had to play without him for the last um, at least 15 game weeks 
and they look a better side. Yeah, it's it's a shame that he came in so so late, eh? Um, because had they had Motta from earlier on, they would be fighting for that Conference League spot. But sure. they're, they're they're ten points behind Atalanta, which it's you know Listen, it's, it's mathematically possible. But what's the likelihood? And then at the end of the day. Because Atalanta are these fucking silent killers at the these moment. No one's man. fucking talking about them, and they're eating through cardboard. Like they are, they are eating through cardboard, and they are um, eating. Analogy. Their, they're eating their way up the league. They're eating their way all the way to the top. To the top. I was gonna say something else, but I know. But, but uh, I caught your eyes, and I was about to say did, it, and I felt a bit uncomfortable. You did. It was yeah. I, it was a bit weird. I got this tingling kind of sense. Anyway, Juve <laughs> are now still weird. in third place, and they're on sixty points, just one point behind Lazio, and just three ahead of Milan, Inter, and Roma. But it's crazy that the top the top four races. Man, the top four and the bottom four. Is literally bonkers. Oh, it's crazy, crazy, crazy. And Bologna are on forty-five points, level with Fiorentina there in eighth go. place. There we go. So uh, Napoli next. We have <clears throat> the team which celebrated way too early against the team which is never gonna fucking give up, never gonna let you down, never gonna close your eyes and hurt you. I have watched that song <laughs> by Rickard, Rickard, Rick, Rick Astley. Or Ashley or whatever his name. I've watched I've watched everything in this last two yeah, seasons. Yeah. But you guys get what I mean. We get you. Rick Ashley. Rick Ashley. <laughs> Rickard and Morty. <laughs> and don't give up. Don't burn your heart out. One-one, <laughs> this game ended, and um, <laughs> Napoli came into this game with two wins, two draws, and a loss. Whereas Salernitana came into this game with one win and four draws. Um, <clears throat> and Having come into this game as well with their best unbeaten run in Serie A football, which was eight games in a row, however, might, you, might I add. Um, Napoli came into this game with huge expectations. They were coming here to win the league. Everyone was ready with their fireworks, with their condoms after the game to fuck their bitches, <laughs> to fuck their bitches on the street and to, claim that, and to claim that Scudetto after such a long time. Um, <laughs> they, they had um, Maradona's son out as well. They did. Just like, uh, I, I'm not surprised they didn't get Maradona's body <laughs> and fucking paraded around the. God knows the amount of cocaine going through Naples streets. Who the bloody hell yeah. knows, man? Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure the blessed Maradona's watching with with eager anticipation up there. Mm. Rest in peace, brother. Um, rest in and uh, and rest, rest, rest up there. And uh, hopefully your team can actually do this. If they don't, then I mean, if Napoli can't win it this year, then Madonna, holy moly. Uh -huh. um, however, uh, if Napoli would have won, the, if they would have won this game, they would have won the title. The earliest it's ever been won. Jesus. Um, they don't like records, huh? They, they, they don't like records at all. Um, but yeah, it was not meant to be. And I think Salernitana came into this game with relative confidence, especially due to the fact that they've come in with such an, a big unbeaten run, with the strength and stamina to face up even against strong teams like Inter and the likes of, of, of other clubs around, um, around which they have still kept this unbeaten run going. And uh, I, I surely believe that there is this, this, this real, again, belief just like with Inter in this squad yeah. that Suso has built. The only notable change in the two formations was simply Mazzocchi coming back from his long-term injury in replacement for Lovato. 
Um, <clears throat> as for the game itself, it was a very nervous and quiet um, first 30 minutes. Osimhen coming close to scoring from two headed chances in the first 30 minutes. And other than that, it was a rather cagey and quiet well, affair. Keep, keep, keep in mind that this is a derby, the derby della Campania. Sure, sure. Um, and I, I made the point in the last season that Salernitana come out to play four times a year and that's against sorry twice a year and that's against Napoli not this year man they've, yeah. come, they've come to play more than yeah. twice but, yeah. but they yeah. definitely came to play in this game um, however the guys who came to play in this game were also Napoli as they did they did get the first goal of the game in the 62nd minute Raspadori sends in a corner Matias Oliveira probably in, a, in an attempt to redeem himself after all the headed chances he missed against Milan in the, in the Champions League scored a curling header into the bottom left of the goal um, there were fireworks going on there were fans celebrating the substitute players were on the pitch it was scenes yeah. everybody thought that it was time to start partying get those tequilas out and get your cocks out but <laughs> one person got his cock out and his name was Dia in the, in the 83rd minute he got the ball on the right hand flank he dribbled past his man he cut some space into the Napoli box and he curled in a beautiful curling shot yeah. in the top left-hand corner. Napoli were absolutely silenced. I could have farted in the stadium and everyone would have heard it. 1-1. One, one. Oh my Lord. Kvara at the end of the game missed a beautiful chance to seal the, to seal the deal for Napoli, but he didn't manage so and the game ended in a draw. Did you hear that when Napoli scored... Um, geologists felt an earthquake-like effect. It hit like twelve on the Richter Imagine scale. Imagine everyone screaming in in, in Napoli, at, it, in, yeah. in different positions in, in the city. Every, the the entire city would have jumped and celebrated that goal and 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 screamed. Um, it was almost I almost didn't like it because it's like do that at the end of the game. Sure. Just because you get one goal, it doesn't mean you've won. Can you blame the nice for 33 years, brother? I mean, yes, but be cool. You know what I mean? Like it. You're talking to people who live in the south of Italy. Yeah. And are a bit, um, how to say... Um, rough? Rough around the edges. Yeah, rough, m- maybe. Rough maybe. around the edges. Yeah, that was Luke the, Mintoff. They've got some dirt between their fingernails, but they're lovely people. That was I would Luke kiss Mintoff. your mother. I love you all. <laughs> However, uh, yeah, they, they did celebrate too early and I think I think it definitely cost them because I really believe that they thought that Salernitana would not have the fight to to come back. And I mean, there has been one person who has kept on defying the odds and it is Dia this year. Yeah. He has kept on scoring last-minute winners, last-minute equalizers, important goals left and right, and he yeah. did it yet again. And it was with such a beautiful goal as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah. The game ended 1-1. I have a theory. Well, not a theory, actually. So it's, it's, it's more of a point to mention that if the league wasn't so 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 blown out, if, if Napoli didn't have such a big cushion, with the way that they're playing, they would bottle it 100%. They, they'd be in trouble. Because of the way that they're playing football. Mm. Uh, and it, it, it's this really nervous, really lack of, really lack of composure when it matters. Yeah. I think especially after the Milan game, uh, that that foreigner loss kind of. I think it, it's really screwed. Well, there's 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 that to be honest. The fact that Milan got the better of them overall over three matches, um, 
and the the fact that they're so close it's kind of like once you see the finish line you start getting nervous sure, sure. about it's, it's, about it's, getting it's there normal. it's yeah. it's psychological it's yeah. very they'll, normal they'll win the league like they hands, hands, down. hands it's, down it's guaranteed that, I mean, that they even, will even win. if they keep losing the other teams have to keep winning as well exactly they so, can draw all the games that there are all they have to, to do play. is draw one more game and i believe napoli uh, sorry, Lazio would have to would have to draw, and mm-hmm. either of those teams below them would have to lose. There you go. In in any of the next five games, and that, that'll be it. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, it, 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 you know the probability is is way in their favor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the point you mentioned is the fact that um, with that huge defeat to up to Milan, and then another one in the Champions League. What's something I've I've really realized? The second Napoli concede, there's a lot of moaning, yes. a lot of emotions, yes. and not the good kinds of emotions. Yes, and they're not able to re- they're not not they're not able to resettle themselves. They're, they're they're not used to it. They aren't. They're not used to coming back from behind. They've no. never been that team. They will overwhelm you in the first ten minutes. Chances are there'll be one or two goals ahead by and the first and, twenty and that's minutes. That. And then that's that. The game is done. They're yes. confident. Everything they're they're trying. They're they're pulling off kind sure. of thing. But coming back from adversity is something we haven't really seen them do. Correct they haven't been challenged enough this season. Exactly. Yeah. And then they got challenged, for example, against Milan, sure. who no, destroyed it, them. It was their biggest challenge, and they and they failed. They exactly. utterly failed. Exactly. So so yeah, it's a good point. Um, Salernitana managed to increase their unbeaten record to nine. Is their best ever record to date. Suso Susa, sorry, mm-hmm. has built such a good team. Oh, he has. With man. what? Uh, tools he has in this in, in this in this shed of his, mm. and um, oh boy, the Salernitana team is hard to crack, man. They, they are, they are, they are, they are. It's and, no and joke. They've got the, like we're speaking about the great fan bases in Italy. What a fan base Salernitana! Sure, have. I mean they sure. they support. They love are, a game. Huh? Yeah, they're absolutely crazy, and it's good to see a team that it's so rare to see them in Serie A, and they still have that loyal fan base. Um, you see that compared to, for example, the likes of Sassuolo, no, no offense, sure, 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 who sure, have sure. like that, that kind of plastic fan background kind of thing, people from there supporting other teams. Sure. It's good to see that they're so loyal towards this team mm. and, and that they show up yes. they match in, match out to support this team. Yeah. And and it's also good to see that an, another manager can do it at Salernitana. Because yes. over the past two seasons, we've seen four or five managers for Salernitana. And the only one who really could do it was Nicola. Oh, exactly. And, and now we're seeing Sousa do it. Yes, I really hope that Sousa can do this next year as well. I want to see consistency from Salernitana. I actually quite like the team overall. Mm. Of course, everyone knows my preferences, but they're a cool side. They're nice to watch. And they, they do play nice football from time to time. Sometimes yeah. they have those, those, those Roma-esque games where it's just... Just not. It's just very, you know, um, very cagey. Uh-huh. But uh, but overall, Souza has built an interesting side. Mm-hmm. A, a side ready to play football mm-hmm. and ready to ready to challenge anyone they face. And they feel very confident. Yeah. They, they feel like the guy you should be worried about when you go out and you're with your girlfriend and that hot sack of meat is talking to yeah, your girl. Exactly. And I'm like, you're gonna stop talking to my girlfriend right that, now. That guy is Guillermo Ochoa. Because ever is. since he's come in, holy he's shit, been, man. He wow. Has, he has he, been like, wow. It's the same thing as, for example, in my opinion, when Zlatan went back to Milan. Um, he was effective, but more than anything, he was that presence, that yes. experienced, confident yes. presence to have around. And Ochoa made and two, save three... save the save. It fucking... My God, it, man. It, it, it I, was, I was in Australia, as you know, and we were really? hanging out... Yeah. Okay, and we were hanging out with, with some friends of, of Key's mom, basically. And there was this guy, Adam, and he likes football and he was calling it football in in australia which is rare because they know it as soccer their, their football team is called the soccer ruse um, and i was speaking to him about Serie A, 
and he got really interested in it. So when there was Salernitana against Inter recently, he watched it. And he's like, there was this blue and black team playing against this, this red team. And there was this goalkeeper who's really short. He has curly hair. And he pulled off the save where he was behind the line on the floor. And he like Superman jumped and, and punched the ball off the line. So I've never seen anything like it. So... Everyone recognizes how great Ochoa great is. Keeper, this man. worldwide Fucking great thing. Me- great Mexican guy. Yeah. Um, a, a very acrobatic goalkeeper. Yes, he's not yes. much about positioning and no, making himself no, no, big. No, no. He's about being a flea sure. and jumping and all around. jumping around, man. Exactly. I like how you said flea and he's from Mexico. I don't know whether that was an innuendo. The flea. But anyway, um, to wrap up this game week, Napoli still sit in first place with 79 points. Salernitana sitting in 14th with 34. The next game we're going to be covering is Torino 1, Atalanta 2. The previous encounter was also a win for Atalanta with the score of three goals to one in Bergamo. Now, the Granata stunned Lazio last week and were seeking another upset, but they had Radonjic, Olaina, Zima and Vieira on the treatment table. Ladea, on the other hand, missed Ademola Lukman, which is a massive loss for them, along with Ruggeri, Hatteber and Okoli. Torino lined up in their 3-4-1 formation with Milinkovic-Savic in goal and the backline of Bongiorno, Shores and Gigi. They had Ricardo Rodriguez out on the left and Lazaro out on the right with Illic and Linetti in the middle. Caramo and Miranchuk played behind Tony Sanabria. For Atalanta, it was also a 3-4-2-1 formation, very identical. Uh, Sportiello on goal and the backline of Toloi, Jim City and Scalvini. Mele played on the right and Zappa Costa played on the left with Dehoun and Ederson in the middle. Cope Miners and Pasalic played behind Hoylund. Now in the 34th minute, Zappa Costa opened the scoring. The Italian cut into the box before skipping past Lazaro with a step over and squeezing the ball in from the byline past Vanya. Could have done much better, but a sensational goal nonetheless reminded me of Maicon's goal in the World Cup, but obviously from closer range. It took until the 74th minute for Atalanta, sorry, for um, Torino to get the equalizer. It was Tony Sanabria. Uh, a long range strike by Miranchuk took a slight deflection, causing the keeper to parry the ball unconventionally to Sanabria, who finished from a tight angle on the rebound through the keeper's legs. And then in the 87th minute, Zapata decided to wake up from the dead. Um, an absolute wonder strike by the Colombian to get Atalanta the win and his first goal in five months. He dragged the ball into the box before cutting back skillfully from the byline, causing Shores to hit the deck before he smashed the ball into the back of the net with great power yeah. and precision to get them the victory. That could have easily been our goal of the it week. It was very huh? close. If it was very, if if, if they hadn't scored that, I think that was definitely good on the yeah, week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's also Verdi's, which we'll speak, sure, we'll speak sure, about sure. later. It's like every goal Verdi scores, I want it to be the goal yeah. of the week. Um, Atalanta, the silent contenders for top four, as I like to call them. No sure. one is talking about them when... But Serie A is their only concern, unlike Roma, Inter, Juve and Milan. And they're focusing on Serie A. They just got another win. They recently beat Roma as well. Can they do it? What's the likelihood? I know you and Jake spoke about this um, a couple of episodes ago, but it, it's looking very possible, man. Uh, well, I, I still am under the impression that they, they, they will not make it. Um, but I mean, I, I can be wrong. However, mm. I, I still do feel like um, Inter, Milan, or Juve will keep the, what, two of those three teams will keep it up mm. and continue to win 
and they are they are still winning mm-hmm. so 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 I, I just feel like this Atalanta resurgence is a little bit too late and I just so this is a point I mentioned to Jake um, and I'm pretty sure that Inter have to play Atalanta soon and I do see Inter edging that one mm-hmm. um, however of course it's too hard to say it's, it's too far away to say yet um, I mean they're playing definitely better football than they were playing some time yeah. ago uh, I, I feel like they need Lookman back they just, do. Just, just for the squad depth because I, do. I don't think I, I, again I could be wrong I don't think Lukaku is going to start uh, not Lukaku Zapata is going to start um, you know no, I, turning I, uh, goals, uh, scoring goals like yeah. I mean confidence is a crazy thing sure. obviously and he got a goal sure. and a spectacular one but we, we haven't seen Zapata play well or Atalanta really play well in two seasons now so it, to to me, the gut feeling that I get is is that they won't make it. Yeah, yeah. But it's I, I super likely. They're, 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 they, they, they their their fixtures loss. aren't bad, and they're they're two points behind fucking Milan, Inter, and Roma. But all they need is one loss, I think, to, to peg them back again. Yeah, and then and then they're back to they're, they're back to this like a bit defeatist yeah. defeatist attitude. I'm interested to find out Atalanta's remaining fixtures. They have Inter for sure within those last five. They don't have Milan for sure. Um, yeah, they do have Inter. So, oh, okay. So they have Spezia on Wednesday. Mm. Then they have Juve oh. at home. That is a good fixture if you support Milan, Roma, or Inter. And then they play Salernitana away, mm. Verona home, off. No, then this, Inter away, and was, then Monza home. This was, my po- this was my point with Jake. I said, even though they were starting to turn on again, the fixtures they have are mm. really bad. Mm. Like, I would rather at this point play against Monza, Sassuolo or Torino then I would want to play against Spezia, Verona and Cremonese sure, sure, sure absolutely because sure. there are teams that have nothing to play for yep. and teams that have something yep. to play for precisely man what do you think is like what's missing for Atalanta because they've been a step behind they lost a lot of players that's no secret they lost Gossens they lost Papu mm-hmm. um, uh, they lost whatever fast wing backs they had um, uh, they lost Mirancuk they lost Malinowski um, they gained Boga, who hasn't really made no. any serious waves for them. Um, they have Lukman, who's out injured, but obviously they struggled throughout the season. What do you think? What do you think they need? What do they lack? I think they lack a real playmaker. Mm. They lack a they lack a Papu Gomez. Yeah, they lack a Papu Gomez. I feel like probably they didn't anticipate the whole uh, Malinowski thing happening or did, mm. maybe didn't anticipate it happening this year well he the, the Gasperini said he wants uh, an attacking midfielder to score over nine goals a season and his solution was to sell Miranchuk and Malinowski and not replace them and play Pasovic uh, exactly like, maybe but, I, I could, you could see the logic he's a goal scorer yeah Pasovic, but he hasn't but really been no. playing Pasovic no, much he because he's been playing with wingers with like Boga and Lukman at times Ederson, or is he Emerson playing Ederson or, yeah. or Cope Miners Cope Miners obviously the, at times he's scoring two goals a game and, and, and other times he's not really but he's always uh, play, playing well but I do agree with you they need someone to give that final pass Atalanta they do because often at time it's like the strikers having to do everything themselves yeah uh, so yeah I think they're looking for a, they're looking for a, like a Baldanzi or mm. something you know or they're looking for a fucking um, Baldanzi would be nice for um, them huh? you know yeah a, a, play, a playmaker as such yeah, yeah what do you think Jake we're discussing what is needed for Atalanta to get to that level. We discussed their lack of a Papu Gomez and their lack of a playmaker. What do you think it is? 
I think it's precisely that. Huh? And the lack of continuity. I feel like it changes the team too often, mm, too yes. frequently. They like we said about you as well. To gel, you know? Mm-hmm. It feels like no one really knows who the starters are. Mm. Gasperini would argue, oh, we have 30 starters, which can be seen as a good thing. But you want your dependable guys. You know, you look at Milan right now, it's all about Leao. It's all about Theo, Benassi, mm. the guys who are pulling the strings. Atalanta don't really have those guys. Right no. Like, who, who are they, you know? Yeah, I mean, Lookman, but he's out in at the moment so yeah agreed I think we can wrap it up agree then. on that uh, Torino in the race for top 10 alongside Udinese Sassuolo Monza Fiorentina and Bologna because if you consider that something to play for top 10 then th- those teams would be battling it out fiercely do you think they'll make it Torino top 10 they're currently um, let me tell you they're currently in 12th on 42 Sassuolo 11th on 43 Monza 10 on 44. Very difficult, man. There's mm. Udinese around that area. There is um, Bologna, Fiorentina, Monza, and Sassuolo. Yeah, and there's Salernitana can still make the top ten with a couple more wins. Maybe. You know? So I don't know about Torino. Uh, it would be great. However, I feel like Miranchuk has to step up a bit now. Mm. He has not really scored as many goals as they have been hoping for. Mm. Um, and Vlasic has very much calmed down as well. So I feel yeah. it will very much depend on this. And this Rodonjic, if he's back from injury, it will very much depend on, on this on this front three. Uh-huh. If they can really, if they can really rise up now yeah. and try and, and try and try grab some some important goals. Yeah, they need a striker desperately oh, because they, they have Tony Sanabria that's scoring and that's being bullied. <laughs> That he's being effective, but um, yeah, not not good enough. You need you need a striker that yeah. plays as a striker, yes. essentially, yeah, and, exactly. and that's something that they're lacking. Yep. But anyway, Atalanta are in seventh on fifty five points, just two from a European spot. Well, from a Europa League slash Champions League spot, while Torino are in twelfth on forty two points. Sure. And with that, we can now move on to surely my favorite game of the week. It's Sassuolo and Empoli with. Sassuolo managing to score in literally the last action of the game, winning the game 2-1. Sassuolo came into this game with two wins, one draw and two losses. Empoli came into this game with one win, one draw and three losses. The the head-to-head fixtures between the two sides was Sassuolo winning six of these encounters, Empoli winning three and drawing one. Uh, Some stats for you. Sassuolo's Andrea Consigli. Jake has... has, uh, Staunchly criticized him this season, but in, in any case, and he has deserved a critique, he is one game away from equaling Franco Baresi's record of having them uh, of having been capped the 26th most capped player in the history of this competition. My God! So, uh, so yeah, Consigli is definitely a fucking statue, and he's still playing, and he's still uh, hopefully got a few more seasons in him before he's he's hanging up those those old boots of his. Mm. As well, Sassuolo with 1,456 and Empoli with 1,471 are the two sides who have recovered the ball, recovered position, excuse me, the fewest number of times in Serie A this season. Indeed, they have done so in the middle of the pitch, fewer times than any other side as well. 638 for Sassuolo and 615 for Empoli. It really shows you the way that these two sides are very careful about their tackles yeah. and about, and about, um, uh, and about um, you know, I feel like they, they're always trying to, to win, to, to kind of 
push the other team to make a mistake rather than, yeah. rather than to rather than to tackle. They don't have the physical players uh-huh. to, to to you know to crunch and and win a ball. That's true. Uh, so so yeah, when you, when you look at the two sides, you don't you don't really look at the guy and say yeah that guy's a killer mm. unless uh, it's like. Akprak pro who wasn't um, uh, in this game because he likes a yellow card. Yeah, Akprak he does. Pro. He does. Uh, but in any case, um, some stats for you guys back at home. Uh, as for some notable changes, we see Markitsa coming back, coming into the team for Sassuolo on left with in, in in the left back position. Jesus Christ! For <laughs> Rogerio, Ehrlich coming in for Ferrari, Harui coming in for Enrique. What is Enrique? Um, Walusevitz coming in for Ismaili and Grassi coming in for Haas for Empoli. As for the formations themselves, we see Sassuolo with their classical classic four three three, Consiglian goal, Marquita Tresoldi, Ehrlich and Solion. Bless you, Jake. In defense, Harui, Lopez and Fratesi in midfield, Loriente, Defrel and Bayrami up front. Empoli with their 4-3-1-2, having Caputo and Cambiaghi up front as the two strikers, Baldanzi as the attacking midfielder, Bandanelli, Marin and Grassi in midfield, Ubehi, Luperto, Walusevitz and Parisi in, in defence with Vicario back in goal. The game um, didn't go, didn't start off well for Sassuolo in the 11th minute. Lorienta gives the ball away in deep in Empoli's half. It's gathered, gathered by Cambiaghi, who starts to uh, dance his way towards Asuolo's goal. Nobody dispossesses him, uh, which is a key point in, in the at the beginning of, of of this of this fixture. The fact that no no, no none of these teams like to dispossess the other team. <laughs> uh, he dribbles his past. He dribbles himself basically into the Sassuolo box. He dribbles past Eric between his legs and then slots the ball into the back of the net 1-0 what a goal <laughs> minutes before the break indeed it was a very good goal minutes before the break Caputo hits the post with a solo effort after his shot from outside the box in the 74th minute Pinamonti after having his shirt pulled by Walusevic um, shows his displeasure towards the referee who is then earn, who then earns himself a straight red card crazy it was a bit confusing uh, but maybe Jake makes a good point uh, something we, we talked about before this game started um he may be a very hard, hard person player to to referee, and he may he may yeah. have a lot of bad mouthing. So um, it could be it could be a key reason why that, that yeah. actually happened, yeah. and a key reason why Sassuolo ended up getting three points. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and, and and a key reason why Penamont is a bitch. Yeah. Um, and in the eighty second minute, one one, a long cross all the way to the right hand flank is played to none other than Berardi. He times himself well. He then accurately places a volley into the back of the net Vicario could have done better in yeah, this one I, I believe so. uh-huh. I believe but um, the ball did bounce a couple of times before it went into the back of the net so it was a bit of a weird one to save as well really good goal by Mimmo he was certainly happy with that he loves a good goal this yeah. guy yeah. and then in the last action of the game in the 93rd and 40, 40, 93rd minute and the 45th second Berardi received the ball on the edge of the box Four minutes of extra time. He dribbles himself into the box. He then um, chops the ball in the opposite direction. Luperto brings him down. Really silly challenge. Penalty for Sassuolo. Last action of the game. 
Everyone's intense. I'm sweating from my balls. Memo steps up, slots it home. The Salvatore does it again. 2-1, the game ended. Epic scenes here. Usually the other way around where Sassuolo bottled the game and they lose it in the last seconds. However, this season we have seen Sassuolo start to edge games out in the opposite direction. They, to me, they have started to lose their brand name of the bottlers at least in my opinion, unless they play Verona and constantly gives them a free goal. Uh, but apart from that really noticeable uh, howler, that hasn't really happened this yeah. year for Sassuolo. And yeah. I like to see that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there has been more consistency in an arguably worse in Sassuolo side. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You look at the, the players that they lost. Um, it's been a ridiculous couple of transfer windows for them. They literally lost their best players. Um their best players, they still have Mimmo at least. However, um, they're still terrible defensively, and yes. that was still kind of inevitable in, in the in the goal that we saw. Um, but Berardi is the only reason, I think, that Sassuolo got themselves back in this game. Because when you get a red card in the 74th minute and you're one goal down, Good luck getting back in the game. Sure. Good luck. Any hope that you had after the red card should have been gone, essentially. But Berardi pulled off a fantastic volleyed goal. Was a really a good of, cross. Yeah. Was good, a really good cross. Very good cross. Um, still quite a tight angle, bro. Sure. Very, no, no, no. Very, no. Very, I mean, it was all Berardi, but the cross yeah. was intended for the yeah. right person and with great accuracy. Exactly. So exactly. let's also give credit where it's due yeah. as well. Then he wins the penalty and he converts the penalty with the last kick of the game. He's a superhero, he man. Is, Berardi, for the Salvatore uh, um, metaphor. He definitely saved their game week. Uh, he has been sorely missed many times this season. And I would just love to see this squad with minor tweaks. A mm. new centre-back, a new striker, and yeah. that's it. I don't exactly. want many things in life. I am a, not a jealous man. I am not a needy man. I just want a new fucking centre-back and a new striker. <laughs> Get Pinamonte out of this team before I fucking bitch-slap him across the room. Ma. And that's it. That's His all I want. would like for him, for him to get a straight red card for a descent when you're losing one in the 74th minute is just classless, man. It's so bad. I hate that. I'm like, fine. His first season for Sassuolo, his first season being a in inverted commas a reliable starting striker it, things ha- haven't gone his way it's okay because yes. it's his first season being on being on that stage but you're not helping yourself not brother. At all. and, not and not you at made all. a good point in, in um, a mid-season episode that we had where you said he needs to eat some humble pie and I thought it was a bit of a funny comment um, I and I kept that. thinking about it um, you're absolutely right because fucking Defrel is starting ahead of him now like but Defrel, for all my hate towards him, he doesn't bitch at exactly, all. Exactly, exactly. This goes on the pitch and he tries. Yeah. When um, Higuain joined Milan, I was very excited, right? Because we knew what Higuain was capable of. Sure. He didn't stop flailing his fucking arms about. Always, always flailing his fucking stupid arms about. And it used to kill me, man. Stop complaining and fucking get on with it. Like, just like be that, fucking bro. professional. Some players are just like, like that. Man. Barella does it, right? Yeah. He flails his arms around constantly. But then what does he do when he gets the ball? He makes it happen. Yeah, yeah. That's why I don't criticize him too much about sure, it. Sure. But like someone like Pinamonti, who's constantly flailing his arms around, then getting sent off in the 74th without getting a sniff. Ah, man. I don't know what they have to do. 
Uh, I really hope they reassess their situations as well, that is, um, in the next transfer window. But I really just want to see a couple new signings. Mm. I don't want to, I, I must have been saying sell Pinamonti, but bring another striker yeah. to make sure he has the real competition. And, yeah, that to, is fighting for his fighting place, for he's the, motivated. And if he really wants to play football with Sassuolo, then better better come and play better come to training and make sure you you're you're up for the task. But exactly. anyways, um one final point to 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 go over. Uh Empoli didn't come away with any points. They must be gutted. Yeah. Five games left to play. They're in a really, really tricky situation here. Uh, survivability is now on the cards, which three or four game weeks ago you thought that they were relatively safe. Absolutely. And oh boy, they are not. They're not. They are looking um Vulnerable. They are looking vulnerable. That's a, that's a really yeah. good word, Jake. They're looking vulnerable, um, and I, I I don't know. I I I would be very worried if I was them. Yeah, it's the second season. Verona in a and row. Cremonese look way better than them. Mm. Right yes, 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 absolutely. It's the second season in a row where they kind of got off to an okay, yes, okay to good start, and then the second half of the season they're just terrible. And it's either a, a draw or a loss. They yes. never really get away with three points. And yes. At first, I thought it was maybe their manager last season. But now they brought in Paolo Zanetti. They have this new brand of football and all that. But they still have the same issue. Um, I don't know what it is. They play very attractive football, Empoli. But they don't play effective football. Yeah. And when you look at their starting lineup, it already shows you enough. You look at this team is very similarly set up, in my opinion, to how Sampdoria sure. are set up. Not a lot of pace, a lot of these intricate slash experienced players around the team. And that's pretty much it. There's no flair, there's no danger, um, unless it's Cambiaghi or, or Baldanzi or Marin with, with like a moment of brilliance. Yeah. Then they're really not the kind of team that can counter you and score. Sure. They, they, they lack weapons, you know what they I mean? They do lack a few weapons, yeah. Um, and last season, one of those weapons was Penamonti. Yeah. So so yeah, they 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 are lacking a little bit mm. up front, which which is hilarious because they have Caputo, Cambiaghi, Satriano, Piccoli, Piccoli, Destro. They have they have strikers. They, 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 they've they, got the most strikers in the league. They, I think. they, they done, have a fifth of the strikers. They, they've done a, they've done the right thing and bring in a couple of strikers, but they've just all misfired, man. Exactly, they've all misfired. Yeah, um, so with that being said, we can round up this match with Sassuolo finishing this game week in 11th with 43 points, Empoli finishing it with 32 points in 15th. The next game we're going to be covering is Spezia nil Monza 2. The previous encounter was the exact same result, Monza 2, Spezia nil. Now the situation was getting increasingly tense for Spezia, who found themselves hovering one point clear of the relegation zone into week 32. Injuries also piled up in Zola, Maldini, Zurkowski, Holm, Moutinho and Beck were all out injured. Monza, on the other hand, were coming off back-to-back -back victories against the likes of Inter and Fiorentina, mm -hmm. including a comeback from 2-0 down to beat the Viola, leaving them not entirely out of the race for Europe, Monza. Um, Spezia lined up in their 4-3-3 formation with Drangovski in goal and the backline of Bastoni, Ampadu, Wisniewski and Amian. That Kovalenko, Esposito and Ekdal in the, mid in the midfield with Verde and Giasi on the wings and Shomorodov up front replacing Inzola. 
For Monza, it was Di Gregorio in goal and the backline of Itzomari and Caldirola. They had Shuri out on the right and Augusto out on the left. Uh, Pessina and Rovello playing in the double pivot. That Colpani as the right winger, Caprari as the left winger and Dani Mota up front. In the 18th minute, Di Gregorio pulled off a great save from Kovalenko's point-blank effort just in front of goal. The strike was, however, too low and too central considering no one was around him. In the 20th minute, oof, we forgot to mention this as a contender for goal of the week. Giuria, oh the former Spezia youth product, unleashed a first-time strike from outside the area in off the post. He didn't celebrate because he's classy. Well done, Churia. I'm telling you, Monza have one of the best right wing backs and one of the best left wing backs in the league. In the 92nd minute, speaking of one of the best left wing backs, Carlos Augusto, the Brazilian, finished cleanly after a through ball by a machine down the wing. Drangovski committed himself off the line far too early and Augusto finished with no problem whatsoever, making uh, Monza win two goals to nil. Bro, Spezia without Inzolar, like Luke Mintoff without the inappropriate comments. What do you think? <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's brilliantly put. Thank you. Um, and I think that Spezia just looked like a Serie B side, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. Without, with, without, without Inzola, they're, they're a Serie B yeah, side. And I, I, I feel like... Um, they just look. They just look. They just. They just look like a coke you've left in the fridge, really flat for a couple of weeks, mm. and there's no yeah. gas left. It's, it's in canned, the so you couldn't close it. Just, there's just, like the last there's bit. There's nothing left, man. Yeah, there's nothing left, and I, I, like a melted popsicle. And there's, there's really nothing good to say about them. I may, I may, I may be, maybe be, be overly critical, but without Inza, there's nothing good look, to say. Look, when 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 they've got this is the funny thing. It's not like we're talking about Inzola, like because they can't get goals, kind of thing. But having Inzola on the pitch changes the way they play almost because they play high press nowadays and um, they weren't like that before but under the new management they've been really playing with that system they really bring the games to their opponents in Zola as that final man up front carrying the ball making himself available pushing the defenders away with that physicality it changes the entire it system it, that's it, it gives them space it gives them space to play then like, and, and like when they're fighting for a draw or when they want to keep the result and, and you give Inzola the ball up front good luck taking the ball off him he's shielding the ball he's a monster taking it to the corner flag and then you bring on Shomorodov and it's a little bit different and they don't a, have that. A little bit different. A little bit different. They I don't see. have that outlet. Yeah. Um, and they're now one... It's like bringing your brave brother to play football with you. Uh, exactly. He's yeah, really exactly. good. Yeah, He's exactly. Watch out for him. <laughs> and he can, he can barely get a whiff. <laughs> and now Spets are level on points with Verona, bro. Oh, it they is, are it is serious really danger. serious for them. It's really serious. It's scary, but but yeah. I mean, this it's is not looking good for it's them. It's not looking good. I would be very worried. Who would you? Who would you rather? Not who do you predict? Would you rather Spezia got relegated or Verona got relegated? Me and Jake spoke about this. I recently. would rather see Spezia get relegated. Okay, because Verona are a nice team to watch, especially no, in sure. the past three seasons, yeah, four yeah, seasons. But Spezia just sometimes, well, not often actually, they just, they're a bit weird, man. Mm. They're like a team which is just really just. Just scraping you, by. You can't put your finger on what's good about them. Like I really struggle, personally. Spezia are scraping by, but Hellas Verona have been worsening season after season and they deserve to be punished. Uh, that's what me and Jake I believe saying, you're right, but it's hard to say. I, I, I feel like I feel like Verona may have a comeback in them. 
if they if they survive this year. I I just don't see Spurs surviving next year. I don't. Mm. And then what? You just lost two good teams then. But Spezia have money to spend because they had a transfer ban and, and they, they've got around 45 million euros to spend. Then, uh, then let's hope is, that they survive. Then they but then spend. there's the, the, the pull factor that they probably don't, don't exactly have. Much. But I, I believe that Verona, because of the way they did business, they, they must get punished. They must see that this isn't a sustainable way of running a football club, that you have a football club. The priority should be to make the team succeed, yeah. but they're too money hungry. They just keep selling and selling and selling so and selling and not replacing. It's so And then they buy Allah Henri up front. They buy what's his name? Jurich. Jurich. Like what? What you just signing Serie B players? You get Duda. They're getting ready for Serie B. That's what they're doing. <sighs> it could be, man. That's what. That, that that's all they're doing. You want to know someone? Someone who's getting ready for Serie B? Mm. It's Sampdoria. Yeah, the Sampdoria. And it's our next game on the on the agenda oh. here. Damn, my transitions are fire. Really good. Can we just uh, let everyone know the places where they are? Teams? Yes, Mons are in tenth on forty four points, while Spezia are in seventeenth on twenty seven points, level with Verona. Now the transition was so good that Mintov had to actually leave the house. So Jake is going to be stepping in for Mintoff's last two games, essentially hungover and exhausted. But yes, here I am. Just like Mintoff did us a solid, Jake is doing us a solid now. And we're back together, bro. This is nice. We huh? are, huh? It's been, it's been a long, it's long been time. It's been a very bro. long time, bro. Over I'd, a month now. I'd like to catch up. Yes. We're kind of in the middle of this now, yes. right now. So yes. I think the formalities are due. Yes, you're, you're absolutely right. You can go ahead with... Your match, bro. So, um, the match I have over here is Fiorentina against Sampdoria. And this is a match where Fiorentina just went absolutely mad. Five goals to nil as they lined up with Cherifolini in goal. Great start. Thank you. So, this is... Throw me in, huh? Who the, fu- <laughs> who the fuck, bro, is is Cherifolini, huh? I have absolutely no idea. He's 24 years old and he weighs 80 kilograms. Okay, there we go. The man who weighs 80 kilograms is in goal. Left back, we have Biragi and then Milenkovic and Ranieri as a centre-back partnership with Dodo as the right back. The midfield double pivot consisted of Duncan and Amrabat with Nico Gonzalez on the left wing, Sotil on the right wing, Jovic as striker with Castrovilli playing right behind him. For Sampdoria, it was Ravalia and goal with Gunter. My God. Oli Konumu um, <laughs> and Amione at the back, Zanoli on the right, Augello on the left, Rincon and Winks were in the middle, with Larrys playing in that Trequartista position, don't ask me why. Lammers and Gabbiadini were the attacking duo over here. That side doesn't even do too well in Serie A, in my opinion, man. Yeah, man. Um, Fiorentina have scored in each of their last 17 Serie A matches against Sampdoria. It's already the Viola's longest streak of consecutive games scoring against a single opponent in the competition. Sampdoria are the only side yet to win a single match against opponents currently in the top half of the table in Serie A this term. Four draws and 12 defeats in such meetings so far. Despite the defeat against Monza last time out, 3-2, only Lazio have won more points than Fiorentina over the last eight match days in Serie A, with Lazio Whoa. winning 19 and Fiorentina 17. Yes, um, there were many goals. Um, I'm just going to breeze through these, okay? Yeah. Um, so the first goal, I'm just because I'm using um, Mintoff's prep, <laughs> and <laughs> he doesn't have the goal descriptions. <laughs> <laughs> or he does, and I just can't read one of them. Well, 
Yeah. Um, he, he can't read. <laughs> wow, he's been, he's been gone for like five minutes. <laughs> it's Just go with the scriptures, like bless him or the prayer that he does. But once it comes to reading them, he fumbles the words so much. It's hilarious. Ole, ole, ole. Castrovilli scored the first goal late into the first half thanks to a Biragi assist. Dodo with his purple hair scored in the 62nd minute um, thanks to a Luka Jovic assist. In the 66th it was Alfred Duncan's turn to score 3 0. 76 Sofian Amrabad got an assist on Christian Kwame. And in the 88th minute to stop it all off, Terzic scored as yeah. well. So literally everyone and their grandma scored. Literally, literally. Game. Like Duncan. Um, Dodo had never scored before. Terzic had never scored before. Um, Terzic, after he scored in the 88th minute, he took his shirt off because he scored um, on his debut. Um, I'm not sure if it was his debut, sorry, but he he scored his first goal. But it's like, it's the fifth goal. Can you keep your shirt on? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, read the room. Read the room. Like the game was won, brother. Exactly. They've probably given up a bit. They've got one foot and say a bird. Way to rub it in, dude. <laughs> no, it's true. Um, um, Fiorentina have been on quite good form recently. Granted, they had a bit of a, a slip up, but overall their form since the return has been very, yeah. very good. While Sampdoria have been disappointing. They've... They looked like they were getting it together at one point, but just the minor, inco- over the slightest inconvenience, they crumbled. They crumbled. These guys. Mentally, yep. they're very fragile. You can tell they're affected probably by the, the bad results. First of all, psychologically, that can't be good. Just to lose and no. lose and lose and lose. I mean, you look at the psychology of, for example, um, animals. There was a study. <laughs> it said that um, in rats, I believe it was that if one of the rats doesn't win. I think like it was a certain percentage, 30% of the time or something, mm. or fucking 50% of that, I can't quite remember. While they're play fighting, because animals play fight, um, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other one just refuses to play. Okay. It stops playing, mm. you know? So I guess it, it, the same thing can be applied to people, no? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so I these guess. guys are, are getting demoralized, mm. you know? Then there's the, the, the one of about the lobsters and their serotonin, that if they yeah. lose a battle, then they're going to crumble down. And if they win a battle, they're going to stand up straight and basically they, they have a better sex life and, and they, they're, they're more attractive um, because of the levels of serotonin. So what we're looking at here is probably... Quite a depressed bunch of men. If I'm yeah, exactly. Yes. A bunch of beta guys, right? Yeah. That's how you end up feeling. No, and then you have the inspired people like Gabbiadini, probably doesn't feel like that. Yeah. You know? But he's playing with a bunch of people who do. <laughs> so it can be very frustrating yeah. for them, yes. Um, Jovic, man, got three assists this game. Nice to see him um, actually contributing in that way. He was quite selfish when he first arrived. He said that this mm. was a stepping stone for him in his career, but he seems to have taken the slow start well and has been setting up his teammates, at least in this game. And that's that's much better. In the Europa League, recent, no, in the Conference League, sorry, when he came on, he looked abysmal. He looked terrible. Absolutely. Nice man. to see him um, turn it around over here. Yeah, yeah. He did great. And it's good that everyone was getting involved because it gave him the opportunity to play the ball around a little bit more. Um, Castrovilli just scored a great goal, man. An absolutely yeah. fantastic goal. Um, so yeah, he had options. Everyone seemed to be scoring, so he could have played it anyway. <laughs> and, and anyone would have grabbed the goal over there. Yeah, it's true. Um, currently in the table, Fiorentina sit in ninth with 45 points, while... Sampdoria sit dead last with 17 points. Christ, man, you sound kind of sexy today. Like, Do I? This is my hangover voice. Yes. You know, yesterday I drank for like 
12 hours straight. 12, almost 24, bro, yes, from bro. what you said. <laughs> 10 a.m. to 3 a.m. <laughs> yes, it was mad. It was mad. That's dangerous. Um, apologies, guys, if you're hearing a dog whining in the background. I know yes. you don't typically because because we have a certain software um, for that. But, well, Bully is the, on the one dog today. today yes, he's, he's bothered. Yeah. yeah, he's an old dog. He is. He's 13. Um, won't be a problem for much longer though with the we have plans of a studio coming in yeah um that's gonna take a couple of months though at least yeah yeah but yeah um, eventually yes the dog won't be a problem anymore exactly uh, we're not putting him down or anything we're getting a studio yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the next game we're gonna be covering is Lecce 1 Udinese nil. the previous encounter was a victory for Udinese with the score of 2-0 so the Salentini were under increasing pressure after one point from eight rounds saw them drop dramatically close to the relegation zone, prompting fan protests against the club. On the other hand, Odinese were fresh from a 3-0 victory over Cremonese and comfortably mid-table despite horrific form recently. Deo Lefeu and Ebosse are out injured for the season, plus Isaac's success hurt and Beto with a back issue. Lecce lined up in a 4-3-3 formation with Falcone and goal on the back line of Gallo, Umtiti, Bascherotto and Jean-Dre. Udin, Hulmand and Blin formed the midfield three with Di Francesco, Colombo and Strefezza playing up front. For Udinese, it was the 3-5-1-1 formation with Silvestri in goal on the back line of Becao, Bijol and Newen Perez. Ezebue played out on the right and Dodogi out on the left with Samarzic, Wallace and Lovrich in the middle. Pereira then played behind Nesterovski. Now, in the 49th minute in the second half, Di Francesco saw his excellent finish cancelled out as he was in an offside position. In the 61st and then Strefezza converted a penalty, coolly sending Silvestri the wrong way to seal a vital three points for Lecce. The penalty was awarded after VAR deemed Odogier's late tackle on Jean-Dre inside the box a foul. This game was full of fantastic saves by Lecce's goalkeeper Falcone, who denied Ezebue in the 70th minute with a last-ditch save with his leg, that being the standout save, but he did have a couple of really, really good saves. Yeah. Um, uh, once again, I, I really, really rate this goalkeeper, and I think Sampdoria made a very big mistake letting him go to Lecce and keeping out there, but that's a discussion for another day, I guess. Um, this is Lecce's first win since February, putting them four points clear from the do from the drop. At least a little bit of breathing space. Finally, for them, yeah, huh? finally. And I want to highlight the importance of having experienced veteran players in a side like Lecce, you know, in a mm. weak side or in a team in general. Now, Hulmand is only 23 years old, right? Mm. He's not, not a veteran by definition. But he's a leader, man. Yeah. And you look at, for example, when there was that foul in the area, mm. Hulmand ran straight up to the referee's face and demanded. Yeah. He demanded him to check the mistake, like he did yeah. to, to, to go to VAR. Um, it turns out he was spot on. He had seen it. Was, he Absolutely. took out the man completely. But putting pressure like that really helps the, the young players around you. Like you have Colombo up front, you know, you've got a few young players in this team. So, so very good by Hulmand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. And, and he was one of the, I wouldn't say a standout performer, but he's one of the more consistent people in the team. His, yes, his yeah. presence is always very, very important for them. Yeah. Um, Udinese, on the other hand, they're one of the most bizarre cases in Serie A that I've seen in a while. Like, yes. They were relentless in the first half of the season and then shambolic in the second half, but to a... To, like from one absolute extreme to another absolute extreme like I've seen teams dip but nowhere mm. as hard as, as Odinese have 
dipped. Um, is this a player, manager, or board kind of issue? Do you think? I think um, so. First of all, it, I think the board definitely has something to do with it. Yeah, Pozzo, because yes, Watford, you, the whole thing. Yes, um, granted, I think Udinese are getting a bit more love right now than than Watford are. Mm. Um, but again, selling a leader like Nuiting, Deolafeu, I don't know what the fuck happened to Deolafeu. He's been injured all season. Eh? But but apart from those two points, like you look you look at the players, man, they, they're the inconsistent ones. Mm. Like. Again, there was a lot of flailing, a lot of sulking when th- things weren't going well. Now you look at these guys and they kind of don't look as as driven as they once were. Mm, mm. And it, it is a shame to see. You look at some players like Pereira, for example. Pereira always works, but you can yeah. see he grows frustrated at times oh, absolutely. With, his, with his teammates. Absolutely. Um, Beto, again, flaky. He wasn't here this this game, and I think that's a big loss for them. Um, Nesterovsky's okay coming off the bench, but starting, you know, he's 33 years old right now. The, his build and his play style don't really... Mm. They're not the type that's going to get better with age, you know? Yeah. I saw this point recently that said... Um, Changing the manager is easier than changing all the players. And yeah, I mean, think about it. It's, it's, it's as simple yes, as that, yes. really. Sometimes a new environment is all Yeah, you and, and, and that scares me a little bit about Udinese because I, I think Sotil is a very good manager. Mm. I, I really do think that he is. And I think the players are more of an issue over here. And if Udinese aren't lazy about this, um, I think the right decision would be to keep Sotil and to put some trust in him when it comes to rebuilding this team. Mm-hmm. It's, it's simply going to be a, bring a in, longer project, though. Put in some money and bring in a name that people respect. So you have someone on your side, someone by your side, to assert some yeah. authority and to keep a certain standard of, yeah. of um, talent, of, of mm. effort, of determination. Yeah, and normally the Lafeu is that guy, but he's been out injured. Um, he did seem on his way out in mm-hmm. January until he picked up the second injury. And something tells me that, something tells me, it's clear that after that long-term injury, um, he's going to be difficult to sell. So if they do hang on to him, which is more likely because of that issue, I think he can kind of reinstill some some kind of leadership into this team. Yes, yeah. he's, he's super. Um, something d- does tell me, though, that he'll take a new step in his career, mm. you know? I feel like he was he was very good um, at the start of the season, and I feel like that might be enough for clubs to actually be interested in him and to try to lowball teams because of the injury. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. get a bit of a bargain. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. Um, I want to highlight Falcone for his excellent performance. I mean, you can't win a game like this one nil unless you have a fantastic goalkeeper who pulls off fantastic saves, and that's exactly what he did. Udinese had their chances. In fact, they had 10 shots and three on target. Um, but again, fantastic, fantastic performance by Falcone. Udinese in 13th on 42 points, level on points with Torino on 12th. West Lecce are in 16th on 31 points, four points from the drop. The last game that we're going to be covering is Cremonese, Verona, and that ended 1-1. As many of these encounters in the relegation pool tend to end with teams, teams taking a very careful approach to these games. For Cremonese, it was Carnesecchi in goal with Valeri on the left and Aiwu on the right with Vazquez and Lacroix. 
Lachosvili, 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 I guess. Lachosvili at the back. I'm sorry if I've offended anyone. <laughs> Castagnetti, Meite, and Piquel were in the middle with Galdames playing behind Chofani and Okereke. For Verona, it was Montepo in goal with Maniani, Hien, and Davidovic at the back. Hien was fantastic as always. Um, De Pauli on the right and Lazovic on the left with Abdelgard and Tameze in the middle. Um, Verdi and Calom played behind the tank, Juric. <laughs> now, um, Hellas Verona are on the longest winless away run of any of the Serie A sides at the moment. 16 games, um, 7 draws and 9 defeats for the Giallo Blue, while they have failed to score 4 of their last 5 away league games. My God. Only Lecce have lower possession average than um, Hellas Verona this season and Cremonese. Um, Lecce have 41%, while Hellas Verona have um, 41% as well, and Cremonese 42%. Hellas Verona and Cremonese have the lowest shooting accuracy in Serie A this season. <laughs> it's well, it might be They're Sampdoria, the, but they don't shoot. They so. just don't shoot. These guys are in the 30s, you know, 38% and 37%, but whatever. A loose ball from De Pauli was stolen by Okareke, who dribbled into the box, made space and finished into the bottom right corner. You have to love when this guy scores. He's always smiling. He's always full of glee. Mentop um, <laughs> has a point over here. <laughs> Let me, okay, I'm going to read it, okay? Mm. You have to love when this guy scores. He's always smiling. He's always full of glee. Maybe a little bit of calm as well. <laughs> <laughs> I thought those things wouldn't be planned and would come to him in the moment. Same. He's out. malicious, like. <laughs> <laughs> Everything comes fucking... He's, uh, he's well, well prepared. I'm in top yes, yes, yes. With his jokes. <laughs> Jafar, he nearly scored a second after a strong header was saved by Montepo. Um, Qualiata punched Davidovic in the chest and was sent off after a wide decision. Yeah, he was um, livid for being sent off Qualiata. Yeah. It's like, come on, man, you just decked him like... He was like, oh, I thought this was America! <laughs> In the 75th minute, Maniani's cross to the back post was met by Simone Verdi, who, my God. Mamma mia. My God, what a goal he scored. I don't know what happens to him at this time of year. Put him in a relegation-bound team. Oh my God, how fired up he gets. Um, he volleyed it off the ground like a bounce shot, and it just went perfectly into the... I haven't seen a good bounce shot volley yeah. in a while. Yeah. That, that might be one of the top ones I've seen. To Literally, be you know who used to have really nice bounce Volleys, Rud van Nistelrooy. Van Nistelrooy. Yeah. He had thing. that style, like. Yeah. Um, yes, a, a fantastic goal by Verdi, who celebrates passionately as usual. Yeah. He's, a, he's a lovable character. This result um, was actually better for Verona, of course, than it was for Cremonese. I'm sure Verona wouldn't mind. Um, they've almost made it out. Um, Cremonese are facing Milan, Juve, and Lazio still in the last six matches. They are My done God, for. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, Verdi, Mintoff has a good point over here. He's a big game player. Um, is he the kind of player to strive under pressure? It's very hard to analyze, he says. And... He does strive under pressure, but then again, his career is constantly under pressure because he has he's inconsistent. When you're inconsistent, people criticize you and mm. people don't put their trust in you. That's why he's, he seems to be a bit of a journeyman. Nowadays. Yeah, I think it's less that he thrives under pressure, but more he lives up to occasions. I think when there's all to play for, that's when he steps up. Yeah. Um, the atmosphere, the the... the 
the striving for a result that's what gets him fired up yeah. um, on the other hand throughout an entire season I don't quite know what it is about him because he's very inconsistent but when the going gets tough Verdi gets going yeah, genuinely definitely it's like danger zone we're playing in his head on repeat <laughs> you know put it in Danger zone. Yes. That is very for you. That is very for you. And this game ended in a draw. No one really uh, managed to make the difference over here. Hellas Verona will take that. They are currently on 27 points, equal to Spezia. They've caught up. Lecce are there with 31. Empoli are there with 32. Salernitana on 34, but they, they've got it figured out. Um, this is getting juicy at the bottom. Eh? Oh, absolutely, man. And it seems that we don't quite know who the third team is that's going to be going down. Yeah, it'll, it'll go to the last match day. Yes. It really will. So some uh, Cremonese are still in 19th with 20 points. Thank you, brother, for stepping in and for giving me a hand over here. No problem, It's good bro. to be back and good to, uh, yes. I, I, I miss this so much, man. It's I, good, it, huh? I, I missed you too. Mintoff mm, was fucking incredible, honestly. Yeah. Thank you, thank you so much for coming in. We'll have you on more, like the listeners Absolutely. actually have grown to to love you, to be yeah. honest. We get I was a bit positive. worried, like, yeah. was, like <laughs> too much. <laughs> we get so many comments about it. Yeah. 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 So thank you very much for listening, guys. Thank you very much. Good to be back and we'll be back sooner. We will, I think we're recording around Thursday, Friday. Yes. There's midweek fixtures. Midweek mayhem. Yes, baby. Are you ready?